Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Five of Swords and Pelops' Chariot Race. Today's show will focus on the Six of Swords and the Oresteia. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, swords, and symbols And all of the above Myth, Tarot, Love Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. We're talking about the Six of Swords today. Six Swords. Uh, so last week, we talked about um, three different kinds of conflict. Mm -hmm. And in the Six of Swords, we kind of talk about the conclusion of perhaps two of those kinds of conflicts. Okay. <laughs> um, one of them would be if you lost the conflict. Mm -hmm. Actually, it could, it could technically be, be, any it could be any of them, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, this card kind of represents a strategic retreat, if you will, after normally after a loss. And it's it's got a lot of sadness when you first look at it, but it's also kind of mm -hmm. an opportunity for, for new joy as well. Um, there's there's some mixed emotions. So first I'm just going to describe what this card looks like. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of symbols that I really love uh, that are portrayed here in the Six of Swords. So what you have is a person who's kind of hunched over in a boat and another person who is uh, pushing the boat along. And it's a very small boat. Um, not quite a canoe. It's bigger. It looks like, yeah, it's it's not a, well, it's definitely not a barge, but it's just weird because it's kind of flat on the one side, and then... Yeah, we don't quite see the full boat, but it looks kind of like it's a skinny boat. Like, it like mm -hmm. it could maybe only seat two to three people at the tops, right? And a bunch of swords. <laughs> and there's a bunch of swords in the front. There's six of them, and they form... So, like, the, the person who's hunched over in, in the front seat... Um, oh there's like six swords that are just stabbing the boat in front of them. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this a little bit, um, a little bit later, but yeah, it kind of forms this cage almost in front of them. Um, and you know, when you see a cage in front of you, this definitely to me seems like a symbol of limiting, limiting your, your perspective mm -hmm. for one thing. So I'll definitely get into that. Um, Behind the person is someone else who is, you know, pushing the boat along. And on the right-hand side, uh, the boat has quite a few ripples. And on the left-hand side, it looks perfectly calm. So that's also kind of an interesting perspective, because if we remember, water is often a symbol for emotions and the intuition in the tarot, and water is everywhere in this particular card. Yeah. In the very distance, you see a new land... Um, the boat is facing towards the right as well. So we definitely have this image of, um, two people going off into the future and, um, perhaps starting a new life there. The person in the front does have, it looks like they have some sort of backpack or some sort of bag. See, this is the thing. Oh, is that a, could that be a child? Could it be it a could person? also be a child. Yeah. It kind of looks like, the, like there might be a person, like a, a small person next to them, but it's really hard to tell because mm -hmm. of the way the colors are. It could either be a backpack or it could also be a child. I think it depends on, um, on the reader. Yeah. But if it's a child, then it, it definitely gets, has a 
more of an impact of um, this is like a family that's retreating and doesn't have anything. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's a backpack, then it could be more this idea that, you know, you took only the essentials with you to start a new life. Either or, you know, you could consider a small child to be the essentials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about these swords that are, that are stabbing the boat. This is such an interesting symbol. Um, to carry six swords this way in a boat, um, for one thing, it, it almost seems a little bit dangerous. Yep. <laughs> right? A little sharp. It's a little sharp. Um, the fact that they're also surrounding this this cloaked figure it's very interesting. Um, so I already mentioned that uh, the way they're they're standing up in front of them seems a little bit like a cage, um, like like there's bars. But let's remember that the symbol of the sword is that of challenge, but also logic and and clear headed thinking. And um, I would almost say that the way the swords are positioned in this particular card talks about the dangers of too much logic over intuition. Mm. Um, the, because she's surrounded you, by, like, by the swords instead of, the, like, the water's there, too, but there's the water, swords The first. water's there, too, but if you pierce the boat too, like, too yeah. much with those swords, you're going to sink, mm-hmm. right? And it's this idea that, you know, um, that swords can only get you so far. And I would say that this is probably one of the only, um, the only sword cards that does actually talk about the need to balance logic with intuition. Mm. Um, the need to understand that sometimes emotions aren't things that you can necessarily control. They're only things that you can work around and, and deal with, right? Yeah. Um, and, and emotion is definitely a very strong theme in this particular card. Um, I love that there's the image of some small waves on one side, and the person happens to be, you know, I would say lucky that there's not more waves because it doesn't look like this boat is equipped to handle... Mm-hmm. Um, very high waves. Um, however, when you are in a boat, for those of you who've been in a boat before, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not the kind of thing where you would want to get rid of the water entirely, right? Like being able to navigate your emotions is very similar to navigating in a boat, right? You don't want to get rid of the water because that's how you get around, right? You don't want to get rid of your emotions because they are necessary, they're mm-hmm. important. However, um, if a wave should come, there's learning how to handle that wave. There's learning how to navigate the boat because of the waves, not in spite of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some times where you might want to avoid too deep of waters if you're not equipped to handle them, right? Um, and there's also other times where you just need to go find a find a smoother path, right? right. And that's kind of what the Six of Swords is saying here, is saying... Um, you need to find another path, find a new a new avenue. Um, but once again, I, I mentioned that it has a very strong theme of of retreat as well. Usually, this happens after some sort of loss. So this card will show up, and it is time to find a new path. Um, and you know, it can it can be really upsetting when you when you do have to go off and start something new. So this is kind of similar also, if you remember, to our Eight of Cups mm-hmm. card, right? The difference here is that um, the Six of Swords happens after a loss, and the Eight of Cups happens normally after stagnation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So the difference here is that you're charting a new course. And in this, this is where the logic comes in, right? 
um, you, you need a balance of both the intuition and logic. Um, the swords here are meant to be at the forefront, right? And there's this balance of stabbing them in, in, in the boat that way uh, means that the person is going to be, like there's little elements of the past that's being reflected in, in them because it's kind of like there's these mirrors reflecting the mm. back of the boat. Mm -hmm. You don't quite see that in this card, but that's kind of what I would imagine if you were if you're looking at all these swords in the front. Um, but also, since they're like staring right in front of you, you have this symbol of uh, logic and, and power and strength in front of you. But the character who is sitting right in front of them doesn't really appear to be looking at them. Yeah, they look like they're looking down. Yeah, it looks more like the person is kind of maybe stuck in their in their emotions. So you got you definitely have a lot of this pain, I think, happening in this particular card. There are no faces that are shown as well on the card, so it's kind of up to us to interpret what those emotions are. Mm -hmm. um, although the way that the way the the bodies are hunched, um, you definitely get this emotion of you know, shame almost. And really this card is saying that there is no shame in running away, but it, it acknowledges that that is something that most people would be feeling in this particular situation, mm -hmm. right? So if this card shows up for you as an answer card, it's definitely talking, it's definitely telling you that now is a good time to be charting a new course. Um, and it, it acknowledges that there's a lot of emotions happening, but once again, if you want to, if you want to find a new direction in your life, you have to learn how to navigate those waters, right? Um, you have to let you have to understand that the emotions are necessary in getting to where you will be going eventually, and try to balance that that emotion with your logic as well in deciding what the best course of action is. Hmm. Yeah, um, if it shows up as an obstacle it's very likely that um, it's telling you you have not found this balance, in, <laughs> right, in, in going where you need to go. Um, so if this card does shows, show up as an obstacle, it's, it's very likely that you are either using too much logic, which in this card would symbolize the sword going th right through the boat and sinking you, or you are, you know, getting too emotional about it, which would also flip the boat um, represented by the waves, right. right? You need to have both a logical mind, um, but not too much, and both an emotional mind, but not too much. So it's very much this striking a balance between logic and your emotion and intuition when you are, um, when you're going somewhere new. Um, Tarot actually would recommend starting with intuition for simple problems, actually. In general so it's like you know for the simple problems listen to your heart listen to your emotions about it but if it gets more complex um, use the you know the power of the swords use the logic um, and in order to overcome those particular situations mm -hmm. since there is also more than one person here it's very likely that um, the solution to the problem can also be through a friend Okay. Uh, or a close one, mm -hmm. because there there is definitely this idea of one person, at least one person helping another. Or could it be like, if you have to kind of change course, like, you don't have to do it alone. You yeah, can exactly. You have others there with you. Exactly. Um, the fact that this card isn't running off alone like the Eight of Cups was, mm -hmm. right, means that this is a journey that doesn't necessarily have to be by yourself, right? So it's it's kind of a, 
there's there's definitely a lot of similarities between this one and and the eight of cups but that's that's a huge difference here is that for one thing we have moving water right we have going towards a new land the land is perhaps even distantly visible as well Ooh. it's not out of reach it's not going somewhere totally new and totally different um but we also have this one person helping another and that's a very important um, characteristic here. What's also interesting is we have this rod that he's using to propel the boat forward. And in some tarot decks, um, the suit of the wands is actually called the suit of the rods. Mm -hmm. So this rod could also be representing kind of some of that symbolism of, of the wand suit as well. Um, which I think is kind of interesting when you have multiple symbols showing up, especially yeah. in a suit card, mm -hmm. right? And uh, the rods, or the wands, if you will, uh, they symbolize a lot of hard work and effort and practicality as well. So I'm, and it's interesting that that's kind of so supporting the boat forward. So, yeah, that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. So we have Ooh. a, we have a, a, you know, a symbol that's kind of hinting towards one of the uh, the next suit that we'll be talking about, the wands. And uh, that's, I think, not by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll definitely be talking about that a lot more when we get to the suit yeah. of the wands. Especially because it's but like literally propelling these figures forward, forward into the future. Exactly. Um, the swords are extremely visible as part of the future. Um, and the thing is, the fact that the swords are all like also piled together on the right side of the card also means that challenge is still coming still coming you can't yeah. you're not escaping the challenge um if anything the chat like there are no swords behind them yeah as well which is interesting right um it's they're moving towards calmer waters um however the swords are still in front of them and it's very likely that they will be focused on perhaps at least some of the challenges and some of the pain from the past, um, mm. as well as uh, the idea, and perhaps maybe some there's some anxiety there for a challenge in the future as well. Um, the card isn't isn't necessarily saying there definitely will be challenge in the future, but it's it's not saying there won't be either. <laughs> it's it's more just saying that this is probably what the seeker is thinking about when they are in this situation. Right. They're right. they're probably thinking very very much about possible challenges mm. that will occur in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's normally when a person gets this card, they're not really thrilled <laughs> <laughs> because it, um, it, it does talk a lot about um, some hardships and the difficulties in moving forward and a strategic retreat. Um, especially if you are the person who, you know, from the five of swords, was really arrogant and thought they were on the winning side to have to, you know, face this, this now, this would be the result of having lost because of your arrogance and to have to, you know, move on from that is, it can be a really challenging thing. For sure. <laughs> it can be a really painful process. Yes. All right. Um, so you mentioned that today's myth, today's story, mm -hmm. is actually going to be also a conclusion of last week's story, kind of mirroring the idea of 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 the tarot mirroring. It that. is, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I like having um, Orestes as the Six of Swords, is because it is, like you said, a conclusion to the Five of Swords, um, and the so story and Orestes himself 
kind of is the conclusion of the curse placed on Pelops after the chariot race. Right, because if we, if we remember, recap. Recap, so <laughs> like we talked about last week, um, yeah. Pelops, he was cursed by uh, Myrtilus for double-crossing him after the chariot race. Yeah, because um, he was supposed to have the first night first, with his wife. Exactly. And, and, uh, and he was like, actually, I'm going to kill you instead. Yep. <laughs> And curses you, and it did. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it happened. It happened, and it stayed for a generation after generation. And so this is, again, a fitting conclusion, I think, to that story, especially because we just talked about it last week, and this is a kind of a conclusion to the five. So it works really well. It does. It mirrors it. I mm. like that. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into super detail uh, about the background of Orestes' story because I think we might talk about his father, Agamemnon, a bit more in the future. Um, but I'm obviously going to give enough to give an understanding of, you know, what's going on today. But I kind of want to leave the juicy bits for him. <laughs> right. um, but yes, I'll give enough detail for today. So Orestes, um, as previously mentioned, is the great-grandson of Pelops and the son of the Greek king Agamemnon. And the stories I will be discussing today survive for us in the form of plays um, by one of the early Greek trage tragedians, I'll say it right. Um, tragedians. Tragedians, Aeschylus. <laughs> so the first play in this series is actually called The Agamemnon, um, which we'll probably discuss at another point. Um, but it is the second of the two in the Oresteia trilogy that are important and um, for us today. And those are called The Libration Bearers and The Humanities. So, um, first, as always, I'll give a bit of context because Greek authors didn't really like to give much background information um, on their plays because the audience would already be very familiar with the stories, so <laughs> it wasn't right. really necessary. These are kind of bedtime stories for them, right? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd say bedtime, but just as we like watch, I don't want to say watch TV, but yeah, like there are just stories that we know. Right, so it would be kind of like, saying Harry Potter nowadays. Kind of, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be kind of expected that people, or Cinderella, for example. It's mm -hmm. expected that people know something about Cinderella. Yes. So they're not going to really explain it in full detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone would, would know in details the stories, and that's why the tragedies were interesting sometimes, because they would change things up. So people would go into it knowing the story, but then they'd give a little twist and... Um, then it'd be a oh, surprise and something new and different. Yeah, not gonna lie, I still like watching Disney princess movies. <laughs> also, do I? I'm not. I am not knocking Disney movies. I watch them yeah, all the time. Of course. Um, but yes, even yeah. though even though we know, like, or if well, some or of like, them are new. That some of the newer ones you wouldn't know the story before necessarily. Yeah, the, but like, the movie. yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, when they came out with Tangled, for example, I knew the story of Rapunzel. Yes. But I still wanted to go see the movie to see, like, how how it was interpreted. Of course, yeah. yeah. But, like, for, like, I'm thinking, like, Moana or even, like, Lion King. Yeah, well, how, how obvious was it at first that they were making Hamlet? For which? Oh, for yes. For Lion King. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Off topic. <laughs> Anyways. Anywho. Um, Sorry about that tangent. Um... <laughs> Okay, let me find myself again. Okay, so while Agamemnon was away with the Greeks at Troy, his wife and children were left at home at Mycenae. 
Mm-hmm. So after some time, about three years or so, um, because again, if you recall, they're away for 10 years, Agamemnon's wife, Clytemnestra, sent her son away um, to live in Athens, probably because she was kind of getting it on with another guy, and oh it's my. like, we're just going to have uh, Hugh be away now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, the Libation Bearers um, play... Um, Begins with Orestes returning home to avenge the death of his father um, by his mother. So, um, which was commanded, you know, sorry, he was commanded to do so to avenge um, his father by the Apollo's oracle. And so, therefore, Apollo himself. So, basically, that's what happens in the Agamemnon play. End result, he dies. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Um, So the play, this play is mostly him um, gaining intel on what had been happening um, and Orestes reuniting with his sister Electra. And by the end of the play, he does end up avenging his father by killing his mother and her lover because he he was also in the the plan. Um, So this act set off a reaction that takes us into the next play and where we see the Six of Swords coming in. Okay. So by killing his mother, Orestes angers the Furies, or the Irenes, um, who are female chaotic deities of vengeance. That makes sense. Yes. That makes sense that he would anger them. He yep. kind of pissed them off a little. Um, so Orestes was pursued and tormented by the Furies because of his matricide, so killing his mother. Yeah. Um... As so, Orestes flees back to Delphi, and again, this this kind of idea of fleeing, kind of going somewhere, hopefully to be safer. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes back to Delphi, to the Temple of Apollo, to find out what he should do about his new problem. Um, once there, he is told that he should then go to Athens to seek the aid of the goddess Athena. So again, still that kind of the idea of moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, also seeking and aid. Seeking aid, seeking help. <laughs> yeah, seeking aid to chart a new course, chart, start a new plan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so he went to Athens and spoke with Athena, um, whereby she arranged for Orestes to be tried in court against the Furies. So with Athena presiding as a judge and the citizens of Athens as the jury. And Apollo was also there acting kind of as, like, his defense. Well, because Apollo made him do it. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the gods screwed him over because Apollo's like, you need to go do this thing. And then the Furies are like, how dare you did this thing? Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Exactly. Um, But it's also awful. It's like Apollo probably shouldn't have made him kill his mom. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's just it. It's like, he did something bad. Yes, he should. There's better ways of dealing with your problems, guys. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But not But he did what he was told. Yeah, he did what he was told. So, so I mean, from the myths that we've seen thus far, that's normally a good thing. Yeah, normally it's <laughs> Typically. a good thing to do what the gods tell you yeah, to do. Yeah, except when you piss off other ones yeah. as a result. Except the gods don't get along. Yes. <laughs> they, don't, they don't talk amongst themselves, I guess, very well. Um, so the debate, uh, obviously, you can guess in the trial, um, was about the blood vengeance and the difference between murdering a mother... Versus murdering a husband, which is what Clytemnestra had done. You know, she had murdered her husband. Right. Um, but Orestes murdered his mother. So it's kind of that discussion of, you know. Which one's worse. Which one's worse. Um, and the Irenes or the Furies um, do not really understand what could possibly lead a man to kill his own mother. 
But again, Apollo ordered him to avenge his father's death, um, mm-hmm. which is allowed. And but the difficulty is that again he still performed this matricide. So how does basically honoring your mother compare with honoring your father? That's rough. Yeah, it's a hard question. Yeah. Um. So in the end, the jury voted, and it was actually a split vote. So Athena cast the deciding vote, and she voted on the side of Orestes. Um, oh, that that uh, basically the father is the ultimate one to honor because in her mind, that is truly where the child comes from, and especially in her case, um, as she was born from the head of her father Zeus, and no woman was needed. Okay. Yep. So that's kind of <laughs> the angle that she took. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, Athena, but, you know. <laughs> yes. and, this, and this gives, you know, to the greater idea of the Greeks, the ancient Greeks, thinking that that children did come from the father, that they were, like, theirs, and that the mother was just kind of the vessel that held them and birthed them, but that they were all ultimately belonged, I'm using air quotes here, yeah. to the father. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't understand very much how biology worked. No, but it, yeah. yeah, it's fifty-fifty. It's a fifty-fifty. You yeah. need you need the both. You need both of them. Um, so the Furies were obviously rather upset about this, of course, and they still wanted their vengeance. Um, but Athena offered for them to become um, protectors of the city of Athens, um, as well as kind of protectors of of the city and of justice. Um, so they were then transformed into the Eumenides, which is where you get the name for this play, which are spirits of good and justice. That's cool. Yeah. So the Furies became... The Eumenides are the kindly ones. Interesting. That's, mm-hmm. That seems like a very different transformation. Yes. When I imagine <laughs> Furies versus Eumenides. Eumenides, yes. Yeah. Um, and so this is what um, ends the curse cycle of the House of Atreus. Cool. Which is pretty neat. But yeah, speaking of um, kind of the Furies, I didn't describe them, but they are described as yeah, being gro- these crazy, grotesque beings. Like harpy-like. Kind, kind of yeah. harpy-like. And I think it was for this play that, um, I can't remember which ancient author wrote this, but that when, um, when they came on stage, they were so awful and scary looking that women that were in the audience just spontaneously gave birth, like if they were pregnant. <laughs> Just like got all freaked out and gave birth right there, so it's actually it's a it's kind of funny, funny anecdote. I'm so frightened. I'm, I'm going so to give scared. birth, and they and they uh, gave birth. Well, um, I guess that's true though. Like if you're really frightened and you are pregnant, well, I feel it like that has happened cause, in movies. Yeah, like, has that not happened? In, I, like I'm not very old, medically old inclined, movies. so I apologize to all of our listeners who are more medically. Mm-hmm understand knowledgeable than us you know what comment if we're if we're horribly wrong on this <laughs> or or you know just tell us tell us which one it is um if if you're really frightened and you're pregnant does that just you know create a birth does that just make you give birth right there who knows maybe i'm not gonna try it no no <laughs> maybe don't recommend it i'm not gonna recommend it um but yeah but it's not it, even for science not even for science <laughs> no. i'm not doing it um but yeah, what's interesting, I don't know, what I find interesting, yeah. <laughs> I guess, about that story is that we don't really know, I guess, if women were allowed to be in, at, like, to go to the theater, 
And so that's an important story kind of to counter it to be like, well, no, obviously they were there because of this story that exists of them, you know, you know, giving birth. It's like, well, then they must have been there. But perhaps they told that story as a a reason why women shouldn't go to the theater. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It might be more like how in the amphitheater they were like, like how women and slaves were at the top. Like they were kind of segregated away. Like that may have been the case in Greece as well, but we just, we don't know enough, but I kind of, I like that story. Yeah. It's just funny. It's also nice to think that they would allow women to go. Of course, it's nice to think that, but yeah. but who knows? Who but knows we do how? not know. Um, this is why we this is why we keep yeah. these these ideas as theories instead of facts. Because if we were to say they were facts without having all of the information, yes. without knowing for sure, yeah, there's not yeah not enough archaeological record or just yeah, yeah anecdotal stories. So although this story does, I think, support the idea that perhaps women were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how are we doing on time? We're oh, good. We're doing pretty. We're doing pretty good on time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So six of swords. Mm-hmm. This story definitely, I think, supports six of swords. Yay. <laughs> um, but I think what's what's nice about it is it does like even though it's it's riddled with hardship, obviously, mm-hmm. it does have kind of a happy ending by saying yeah. that this is how the curse was ended. Mm-hmm. Right. And that he did a good job with. Yeah, doing bad things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't really do a good job, but at least, you know, this was how something ended. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he was able to avenge his father and... Which is a good thing, not but killing trouble. your mother is a bad thing. Yes. Ugh, yeah. Anyways, uh, but fortunately, this was, a, this was a, you know, challenging, difficult experience where he, you know, had to go off and find a, a way of dealing with it and handling it and it did result in a better situation mm-hmm. than the one that was before yeah then with furies mad at him yep yep <laughs> and similarly the six of swords also has that kind of idea as well is that you know the path to get where you need to go isn't necessarily going to be an easy one um but you will end up in a better place than where you were mm-hmm. um so even though it's it's really hard to start and start something new, especially when you feel like you've been a failure, um, that's actually where our um, our words of wisdom at the end of this episode are going to come from. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So that brings us to the end yes. of our episode. Yes. Thank you, everyone, as <laughs> always, so so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Um, if you want to leave us a review, we appreciate that too. It's fun um, to hear from you. It's very fun to hear from you. We still only have three iTunes reviews, so we'd really appreciate two more. <laughs> two more would be great, and then that way we could get actual like ratings. Feedback, up. yes, and, and ratings. And up people there. could actually see what our rating is. So exactly. if you enjoy our show, please, you know, give us a rating and uh, a review, and. Then other people, if we have just two more. Just two more. And we'll give shout-outs because we're not above that. (laughs) No, no, we'll definitely shout-out to you specifically and be like, we love you. We love you. Individually. (laughs) You're the one that helped us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. So our... Our next next week we'll look at the Seven seven of Swords. Um, Fun fun sword sword card that one is. I've been looking into it. It looks pretty fun. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, All right, so our words of wisdom, once again, come from the American Tarot Association, and it is in relation to this idea of moving forward. 
It is only when you cling to the past that the necessity of moving on into the future will cause pain. Myth and tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, swords, and symbols and all of the above. Myth, tarot, love 